want to welcome everybody out to our podcast today. On today's episode, we've got a special guest named Tony Trailer. Say hello to everybody, Tony. Hello, guys. There you go. Tony's going to be with us to tell his story. It's a wonderful story about how the Lord has worked in his life and how he's overcome addiction. And I know he's, he's excited to tell you the story, and I'm excited for him to tell you the story. So we're just going to go ahead and open up the floor to Tony. Tony, why don't you tell the folks a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? Where were you born? Who are you? Who's Tony Trailer? <laughs> okay. That's a big story. <laughs> yeah, it's quite the setup. Uh, I was born and raised in Frankfort, Kentucky, where I lived on Green Valley Racehorse Farm. Uh, my mom was Ruth Ann Gray, and Frank Trailer was my dad. Okay. And uh, like I said, I lived on Green Valley Racehorse Farm. And till I was seven years old, had a good childhood there. Yeah. Like, you know, as good as it could be. <laughs> had a single black top driveway down through there <laughs> that we could ride our Hot Wheels on and stuff like that. That's right. It was good. That's right. You're, you're, no aging, traffic. you're aging yourself when you say Hot Wheels. You know that, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm old. <laughs> yeah, I have one too. Um, but, you know, and then my mom and dad, they split up. How old were you when they split up? Seven. Oh, okay, seven, you're seven that's that's old. when they. Okay, I got you. And uh, we moved to Grant County with my grandmother and grandfather on a dairy farm down there. Oh wow! Yeah, no kid, pretty, pretty good place. And I got well, I got to see a lot down there too. <laughs> as, a, as a kid growing up, I learned the country life. You know, oh, yeah. Real yeah. country Well, I was going to say, you go from Frankfort to, to Grant County. Now, depending on where you were in Frankfort, I mean, there is Franklin County. You could have been on a, right. you know, out in the country. But right. I'd say that's a bit of a change, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it most definitely was going, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, uh, well, yeah, you know, Grandma would be like, go get us some eggs. And you'd, <laughs> you'd have to go. It wasn't going to the refrigerator. You know what I'm saying? You had to go out to the barn and look for them. Yeah, it was a little different. Yeah, those things don't. You don't go to the store to get eggs when you're no, on the farm. You go out. Not you know, back yeah, then. Yeah, I, I got you. Uh, but anyway, like we lived down there with them for a few years, and then ended up getting our own place there in Grant County, and mm. you know, was still going to Grant County schools. And uh, how long did you live in Grant County? I think maybe I. You know, it's hard for me to remember. Like I'm, I forget a lot. Remember what grade you're in? I think maybe fifth or sixth grade. Okay. I think. All right. I'm and then, sure. then did y'all move to Owen County after that? Uh, no. Yes, yes, we did. We moved moved to Owen County, and uh, went to Owen County School. Okay. Lived there for a few years. Like we, we moved, skipped around. Like you know, a mm-hmm. single mother raising two boys. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I hear you. Kind of hard on, yeah. on her. Yeah. Like it really was. And. Uh, she did the best she could. And, like, we lived there for a couple years. Uh, there's a trailer park right there beside uh, Tool Motel, a highway in now, yeah, right, you know. Right. Uh, but it, it was a trailer park. And, like, literally the trailer sat right next to the motel. <laughs> like, it, it was right beside <laughs> it. And I can remember, I, that that was, uh, I can remember as a, as a kid, me and my brother both praying in our bedrooms. Yeah. Uh, that I can remember that, that that's the first I can remember of ever getting on my knees and right. praying, you right. know, like humbling and, and 
as far as I know of, I never had nobody show me that or teach me that. Like, I don't know where it come from. Hmm. I still to the day don't know. Hmm. I reckon him. Well, yeah, yeah of yeah, course, him. yeah. But um, then we moved to Gallatin County. Okay. Yeah, I lived in Gallatin County down in Sparta for several years. At this age, I was probably like 10, 12 years old maybe. Yeah. I think so. And we went to Gallatin County Schools for two or three years. And which it, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't that bad. My mom dated the jailer of Gallatin County over there. Really? Her and him was seeing each other. And huh. he, was, he was a good man. Huh. He's passed away now. But, uh, then they ended up splitting up, and we moved back to Owen County. And from there, I'd got, let's see, I was almost 13, 14 years old. And that, at the, around this time, that was the first time that I had ever been introduced to alcohol. You mm. know, throughout my life, I had seeing people, family members, uh, etc. cetera, mm -hmm. you know, uh, drinking alcohol. Well, you know, I lived in Sparta. So no, right. <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, yeah, for those so of you I, who are listening who are not familiar with the Owen County area, uh, Sparta is the place uh, close by where you can go uh, from a dry county. Uh, well, I guess now we're, we're, we're not, not totally a dry county. Semi-wet. Yeah, semi-wet. They can right. serve it in a, restaurants and such. Um, but yes, yes, uh, Sparta for those uh, in this area, that's the place you go to get your alcohol. Right. And, uh, we moved from down there back to Owen County. And at this age, like I said, I was like 13. And it's the first time that I had ever been introduced to alcohol. And a family member of mine told me, he said, uh, I was dying for something to drink. We'd been playing <laughs> volleyball and horseshoes mm -hmm. and everything outside. It was hot like it is right, you know, right outside. Right, <laughs> right, right. It was the same way. Yeah. Uh, and he, he was like, well, just go in there in the bottom of the refrigerator, and uh, there's a big bowl under down underneath there. It's got some fruit on the top of it. It's it's a Hawaiian punch. Mm. He said, just scoot the fruit off and dip mm -hmm. your big glass out of there. Mm. I said, all right. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't have a clue. Yeah, like, right. I'm not joking. Yeah. And I went in there and I, you know, one of the big McDonald's glasses. Yeah. The big ones. Yeah. And I killed a uh. glass of that. Mm. And then got me another glass. Mm. And drank about half of another glass. Mm. You know, just a little kid. Yeah. You know, well, probably 20 minutes later, I, I dove. You felt the punch? I, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. I felt the punch yeah. for sure. Yeah. And, you know, like I'd uh, dove for a volleyball and tore my elbows up, my knees and chin. And like, yeah, and I tore myself <laughs> up on, on that old blacktop asphalt stuff. <sighs> like, it was bad. <sighs> Picking gravel out of wounds. <sighs> <you know? sighs> uh, yeah, I hear you. That night, you know, when we got to the house, I, I remember it got cold that night. And it was like, somehow or not, it, it, it had gotten so cold that I, I was going to start a fire in the stove, in the wood stove, because the stove was still up. Mm -hmm. 
So I end up going upstairs and I got some gas out of a chainsaw because I seen my my uncle do it. Yeah. And uh, so I put it in a cup and I brought it down there and I throwed a few sticks of wood up in there and had some coals up in there that was still red. So I throwed that gas up in there and when I did it said woo <laughs> Hey and it shot my aunt's laying right at the base of the door <laughs> of the stove, you know, like hey, I'm telling you within feet of catching her hair on fire and stuff. Oh, within yeah. feet of burning the whole top of her hair off. Like literally. It was bad. Yikes. So I take a run over to the nobody wakes up. It's done blowed fire back out the stove onto the new carpet uh-huh. that my uncle had just put down in the living room like a month or so before and I go over and grab the rug off of, in front of the door and I beat the fire up <laughs> nobody still wakes up everybody's still asleep and I lay the rug over top of the burnt spot right. nobody even notices it for like two days that right. I had placed that rug there yeah. you know <laughs> it was over in front of the door <laughs> but about two days later, I remember my uncle was asking me, like, you the one that burnt that hole in the <laughs> carpet? And I was like, well, uh, yeah. I said, well, I was freezing to death, and Aunt Janie was cold, and I was trying to get us warmed up, and I throwed gas up in there, and, and I told him, and I was like, hey, and I did it, you know. Yeah. But anyway, that was the first experience with alcohol. It was a bad one. I didn't like it. I did not like it at all. Well, would you say that was kind of the beginning of your, maybe your, maybe not the beginning, I shouldn't say, but it was the first experience you'd had. Yeah, I don't, no, it never made me want to keep, it most no, definitely no, well, didn't make me want to keep uh, drinking alcohol. Right, it, it, right. It almost, right. That turned me almost against it instantly, mm. against drinking, like. It almost turned me against it. Go, going because, from from skinning up the knees and the shins right, to the episode right. that I happened that up. night. Yeah, and I burnt the house down. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, almost like a, a initial warning of some sort. You know, like this yeah, is going to be a, this That's is going to be exactly a rough road ahead. You right. know, you keep going down this road, it's right? Get worse. Yeah. Well, um, did it? Oh yeah, yeah. Most definitely did. Well, you know, like growing up, we seen several family members that, uh, you know, smoke pot right. on a daily basis. Right. And, you know, uh, well, when I turned like 15, 16 years old, I, it was towards the end of 15, about to be 16. Yeah. And that was the first time I'd ever smoked pot at all. And, uh, you know, that's a lot of parents and kids don't understand that marijuana is the gateway drug mm. it's the it's the drug that opens gates and doors and everything else to everything else and the reason i say this is because once a kid a teenager starts smoking pot you know there it's like you know well here here's some cocaine mm. or here's some crack and then the kid's like well you know i don't smoke pot so What's it going to hurt if I just do a little line of that? Mm-hmm. What's it going to hurt if I just smoke a little bit of this with my buddy? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a gateway drug. Once you start using any kind of drug, it it opens doors to other drugs. So you, what you would say is that there's really no such thing as a safe, a safe um, drug. 
No. You no know, like, like, well, you don't have to worry not. about, you know, if you do this, you don't have to worry. It's not going to make you do anything else. But then again, it, in, well, what you're saying is it's a gateway right. that it most certainly does. I think it's uh, the most under, it, it's, it's, it's passed by a lot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like people yeah. don't really recognize as it being a gateway drug. And, and I've heard other people say, oh, no, it ain't. Well, I mean, if I'm sitting here telling you. Well, would it be safe to say it like this? Um, there may be some people that say that, well, I could do that and I won't ever go past that, uh, past marijuana. That would be the last stop for me. But in your case, you would say that's easy to say now. But when you get in that position, right. you don't know what's what you would do or what would happen. Like for you, right. oh, you would say most yeah. certainly it was a gateway right. to, to yeah, other things. For sure it was. Like it went from, you know, it went from smoking, just smoking pot here and there to smoking pot all the time, like right. every day. Right. Uh, don't want to do without smoking pot right. every day. And then, you know, like, to crack, to cocaine, to you know, it, it, uh, to all of it, mm. like to everything, uh, mm. every drug that you can possibly imagine, like, yeah, mm. it led to it. What, um, if you were, I mean, I, I think you've already said it, but if, if someone were listening uh, to the podcast today and they had questions about, uh, you know, the lighter drug like marijuana, you, no. Your recommendation would be to stay away. Right. Yes. Do not. Right. If you, you kids, if you've that's got a I, child. This, this is where I'm going. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. If you've got a yeah. kid that's 15, 16 years old and they're, they're saying, well, you know, all it is is I smoke a, a couple joints with my buddies, mom. You know, no, no, no. That's not good because... The next thing you know, it's going to be, well, all I do is smoke some crack and snort mm. some coke with my buddies, Mom. Mm. That's the next thing you're going to hear yeah. because that's how it is. Yeah. That's how it is. And there, you know, there's people that I've heard people say, well, you know, all I've ever did smoke pot my whole life. Well, you know, you might be that one out of a hundred. Right. You know, right. You, you might be that one special occasion where that's happened. But for about... Well, everybody that I know uh-huh. that started smoking pot went to greater things. Mm. Like everybody that I know of that smoked pot when I was young went to different things. So it speaks for itself. Did things go, did things get pretty dark for you? Oh, man. Like, I don't know. I reckon, yes, I, yeah, for sure they did. Right. And, and I wasn't saying I don't know about no, I, that. No, yeah. Time, like, 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 I think where you might have been thinking is like a timeline of like how fast did it, where, where did this go right. to, how quickly the progression. Yeah, that, that's. And it, do you mind to talk about uh, or, or to to tell us like the progression, like like how long, uh, like like at what point in your life we we know fifteen, sixteen. You said you right. You started with the marijuana. Where where did things go after that? I'm gonna say in five to seven years it went. I did I did a little bit of cocaine during that five to seven years in between that and then it ended up going from cocaine straight to crack Mm. like and then for about a year and a half to two years uh 
I did a lot of that with, uh, you know, just a friend of mine. Right. Like, yeah. I can honestly say that I didn't really spend a lot of money on on that. It was always him because he was he had plenty of money, so I didn't have to, right. you know. But the thing was, just me doing the ride along led me down that road, you know. So, so another, I guess, another bit of advice you might give people is just because your children don't have money doesn't mean that they don't have access. Right. It could be a rich friend. Yeah. Like I had. Yeah. Yes. Somebody. Most, somebody. Most, yeah. most definitely. Yes. When when the, when things began to um, like um, escalate for you, when you when 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 you went from from you know the gateway to now you're full blown, you know using, um, what 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 impact did that have on your life? Well, yeah. well you know what I mean, like like your right. family, your your mom, like what what, what your your job, how what what. what did it take over? Or? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Most most definitely, especially whenever. Well, when I started at age of twenty three, mm-hmm. smoking uh, crack, like like it, it for probably a year and a half, two years, like literally, this guy paid me right. to take him to get it. Mm-hmm. So like I didn't, I made so much money off of just doing that that I didn't have to go work during the week. I got you. So I could just stay home and which only lend him around, and then it got me deeper into deeper. That. Yeah, yeah. It just lent. Yeah. It took. Yeah, right, it right. Most definitely did. And you know, um, but I did that for like I said, probably two years of doing just that by itself. Did, when you Still got smoking pot too, right? Yeah. Still right, smoke. right. You didn't still leave smoke. it behind. No, you brought it along. I still smoke weed. You, right. When, what kind of an impact did it have on your relationship with your family, your your friend? I understand you had friends that you would use with, but I mean, like other people. Were there people, friends of yours, that mm-hmm. didn't use, and did they? Did you begin to draw or pull away from them? How did that well, see, impact that, your family? That's and the thing. Like whenever, and I think I, I think that that's that happens. Like, all the way back to when you start smoking pot. Mm. Like, I think you start mm. withdrawing yourself from the community. Uh, you yeah. start withdrawing yourself from the friends that you that are straight and don't do it. Sure. I, I, so, I you don't you. want to hang you. out with somebody that's a straight right. head because you're sitting over smoking pot by right. one after another. Right, you know? right. So, yeah, that, that it starts to withdraw, but I guarantee you, uh, doing the other smoking crack or doing cocaine or stuff like that, you're going to be plumb withdrawn. It really pulls uh, you away. Yeah, right? you're yeah. going to be plumb out of the picture. What? Um, I know you and your mom are really close. Yes. Uh, you know, you and your yes. mother both are, are you know regulars here at the church. If your mom's not able to be here, she's watching online. Yeah. Um, what what impact that did your addiction have on your relationship with your mom? Well, she would she would try to talk to me about it, but you know, like I had gotten to the age that, uh, you know, it, I know. it, it, it ain't gonna do you no good to say nothing. In one like, ear, I'm out the other. Have to learn yeah. ah. my way, like or you know, like that's just how it's got to be. Your mom strikes me as a really tough lady. Oh, now, when yeah. I say tough, I'm not I'm not saying that your mother wasn't a good disciplinarian. I'm sure she could whoop your head, but what yeah, I what did. I I'm sure she did, yeah. <laughs> But what I mean by strong is she seems to me to be the type of person that uh, isn't going to go down without a fight. That's not going to back away. No. Nope. Did 
now obviously I'm sure through the addiction there were times when your mother probably was tough to a degree maybe uh, like hey Tony you know you got to straighten up but did did your mother stick with you through this whole uh, experience through my whole addiction still to the day yeah you know like uh, but you know here's the thing about a lot of parents a lot a lot of parents well I say this about they're gullible. They're gullible. <laughs> like, oh, my baby wouldn't do that. Uh-huh. No. Yeah, he's a good boy. Yeah, he is a good boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you just don't know the truth, you know, like, or you're afraid to face the truth. Oh, that, say that, that again. You're you're afraid to... F- yeah, you just don't know the truth. Afraid you're, afraid, the tr- you're afraid to face You're afraid to face the truth. But see, my mom, she was, she would be like, she, she just didn't know. Like, she didn't know. Like, I remember the first time she ever walked in and me smoking pot, like, I literally had it laid out on the coffee table. A bag of pot, mm-hmm. papers, everything. And I'm like, she said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm getting ready to roll up a joint. <laughs> and she, hey, she come straight straight over and smacked me right outside the head. <laughs> like, I'm not joking. Like, and I had to grab my stuff up and run out the door. Like, cause she was after me. <laughs> How old were you? Yeah, I was... Like 15, 16 years old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, don't let that small frame fool you. She's no, tough, right? Yeah, she made your mouth. But knowing that knowing that she was tough like that, I, I the strength that, that she must have had to be able to go with you through this without giving up. Oh, she's been Jeremy, she's went with me through multiple different prisons. Yeah. Multiple different charges, uh, jail time. Uh, like she, and, and, she's and been there with me. If it's okay, now we're not going to go into great detail, but we will kind of discuss, you know, the the, the prison, the the multiple charges and stuff like that. Right. But before we do, I want to. I, I, this is something that's really on my heart. Something that's close to close to my heart is sometimes. When people go through whether it's addiction, um, drugs—I mean, drugs or alcohol right. addiction—or right. people have been abused, right. um, they were neglected as children. It's difficult to love someone through the process of getting over that, or, or maybe right. maybe not getting over. It's not the right right term. Someone who's been abused, they might not ever really get over it, but for them to be able to overcome it, right? It takes a it takes someone who won't give up on them. Someone who believes that there is right. hope for them. Someone that believes that this, somehow, some way, God is going to turn this around for them. Amen. Would you? Would it be fair to say that your mother was that type of person that oh, wasn't yes. going to give up uh, on you? Yes. Now I'm sure there were times you took her for granted. You probably were oh, angry with yeah. her, treated yes. her bad, yes, put her through all kinds of, of stuff. Oh, most definitely. And. Here she was, or there she was, and here she still is. Yeah. Um, Ain't went nowhere. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. if if you don't mind me to, and I'm not going to jump into your story here, but if you don't mind me to, to say this, I really hope that people listening today will will hear this, what, what, what we're talking about right now, and what I want to say here, uh, just briefly. You might be that person. That somebody needs in their life that's not going to give up on them. Right. 
what would you say to that person when it gets really, really bad and it starts to make it look or you starts to make them think maybe maybe this is the end of the line well i think i think you know like from whenever i see whenever i was in in real bad addiction and stuff like it it, it wasn't like it is now mm. like back when i was in bad addiction like real bad like it, it was uh you, you didn't have no here here's some recovery go do some recovery uh-huh. you didn't have that like do you got thirty, forty thousand dollars you want to spend? You can send your kid to recovery. Uh, and that's how it was then. You know. Yeah. Like, right, right. It, right. it wasn't yeah, what it, it ain't it wasn't the same thing. Nowadays I would say that if you're the caring parent and you see that your kid's getting out of control and that they're going down the wrong path, then what you need to do uh, just my opinion is to get them into a rehab mm-hmm. and most definitely for sure call somebody get a hold of somebody like me or somebody someone like, with experience it's somebody been like uh well the our hope that we've got here in monterey shana yes uh yeah. get a hold of her or it's shana osborne he's referencing shout out to shana osborne right. she's a she's a rock star right yes she is and, and what is it is. that Shanna does? Explain, uh, just briefly well, explain she, to people. She, she, what is it that she doesn't do? Uh, <laughs> for real. Uh, no, she she tries to help people, and that's that's what she does. She can get you signed into, you know, different beds. Uh, to get Shanna you, works get you, in recovery. Is yes, with, with, yes, she with, does. With helping she, folks through, find recovery. And, right. She and will get recovery. you in and get get your child into a place or, or whatever she needs to do. What would you say to the parent that the kid goes to rehab, comes out, they're still using? What would you say to that parent or that, or, yeah, or that person? Maybe it's a brother. Maybe it's a sister. Yeah, maybe it's a don't spouse. Give up because, you know, here's the thing. Like, mm. it, you might be, they might only have that one person. Mm. You might be that only person. That, that, that's exactly. You see? Like, right. Like you, so if you give up on them, then they have nobody. They have nobody. So they might go do something even worse. Now, when we say know. give up, we're not by any means saying to enable them or to right. no, pretend no, like nothing's no. going on. What but we're talking about is... Like food, like, hell, you know, do you need some clothes? Do you need to take a bath? You know, like... Ne- basic, ne- basic... Never, yeah. give, never give them money, you know. Yeah. You don't give them cash money, yeah. period. It's, uh, it's funny you say that. It, it kind of reminds me of what, what Jesus said. When you see someone who's hungry, feed them. Feed them. When you see right. someone that's thirsty... Give them something to drink. When you That's see right. someone that doesn't have a coat, right. give them a coat. It wasn't, right. you know, baby them, right. give them right. everything they want. It was it was meet their basic needs. That's it. And the most basic of needs that all of us have is to be loved. That's it. Right? That's exactly right. right. Now, what I want to, uh, what I want, and we'll come back to the, um, you know, where you are now here a little later where you can share with folks, you know, the thing, the, how the, the Lord's using you now. Uh, to help folks that are find themselves in addiction. But I want to, if it's okay with you, um, let's talk a little bit about where addiction led you to. <sighs> led me a lot of places. Yeah, yeah. And this is a very places. general, I know that's a general question to ask, or a broad question, but you know, like specifically, um, did, uh, obviously addiction did not go well for you. It did no. not take you to good places. And no. we don't have to go into 
any you know specifics, but did what um, like was there a moment when things really kind of started going? I don't want to say going south, but I mean, it like, went there. Right. It was, yeah, it was already there. <laughs> yeah. Went there. But tell us about, tell us about what happens with, with, you know, um, you, you had some, some well incidents that, that during, took place. During addiction, um, you know, like, you know, our, well, I'm going to say, I ain't going to speak for nobody else. I speak for myself. Correct. I got you. Uh, my brain most definitely did not work right. And, yes. you know, it was clouded yes. and, yes. uh, yeah. Your thought process wasn't it was processing, right? Very cloudy. Like, like, and I'm, 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 this is a genuine question. I'm really asking you this. What was the thought process? Was it just minute by minute? Oh yeah, just if it if it popped in my head, we're doing it. What's up? <laughs> you know, like that's how it was. Like your judgment was yeah. was, was, and it wasn't no thinking about nothing. Like it's certainly not consequences. No, no, no. Never even thought about that for a second, but. Uh, I'm gonna back up real quick and say say this like during 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 my time in addiction like I have had a lot of really 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 good girlfriends right like I've been in several real good relationships where that I was like the destructive person in the relationship. Sure. sure. I, I run to everything. I understand. Like, I did it several times. I can, I, ca- I can't even count them on my hands. Right. Like I ain't gonna say my hands and toes because it wasn't that many. <laughs> but it was, it was most definitely on my hands yeah. that you know that I can for sure uh, say that I messed up several relationships. You know, and the worst one was of my daughter's mother. You know, mm. and being just you know no a no good person and being terrible you know in addiction and you know violent and just well, a, a sad man I, well, I i just i picked up on where you're going with this right. um it the consequences that would come for some bad decisions you would make right were no would not you you would not judge them as being greater than the consequence of the regrets that you had for the things that you were not able, or the things that you didn't do for other people, or the right. way you treated other people, right? Those things, like your your daughter, and right. and, and and things like that, are yeah. right. We don't want to bypass, you know. Oh man, you right. know, I went to prison, but but yeah, you certainly wouldn't have wanted to do that. Yeah, at the, at the age of twenty eight years old, uh, that's when my daughter come along. Uh, 28, 29 years old. Right. And, uh, you know, like, it, it just, I, I just wasn't no good. I wasn't a good husband. I was terrible, mm-hmm. you know. Like, uh, me and her mom ended up splitting up. And I think, like, uh, let's see, probably eight, ten years later, I met my son's mother and ended up this is just a quick glimpse sure, into yeah. the relationship right. of, uh, of how I, I, my relationship uh Lindsay, well my little girl's mother did not have no uh she she wasn't no drug addict she was a excellent woman uh very very great woman right she really was and like it was all me for sure and uh but then I got with uh, 
my little boy's mom and me and her we was like uh they, they, now it was it wasn't good hmm. it, it wasn't good with me and her like it was a lot of addiction uh right. from both of us sure like uh, it got so bad to the point that i had to tell i had to tell his grandmother you're gonna have to take him with you Mm. And, and and because me and her are doing, it's, it's it was uh, a bad, bad drugs, yeah, bad situation. Like I need I need help. Uh, she needs help. She won't admit it, you know. But I'm telling you here that she need help and that I need help. And you and and, and you it, even take him. even in that moment you knew what was best for him. You know I you did. were thinking about his I did. I his did. welfare. And that's why I sent him with her. And you know, like of course he needs his parents. And that would have been the best thing to have two parents that are sober, but Correct. neither one of us was. And know. that's one of the one of the other you know one of the other bad consequences of addiction is the impact it has on a family, uh, especially children. You know, when when children are involved, it's hard to ask. It's hard to ask somebody to forgive you. You know, whenever and that's all they can remember. Yeah. You know, it's like. He he was never here. Right. He was never here. Right. Well, tell the, tell us about the um, the trouble. Well, yeah, yeah. See, that's where we was headed, and I said, I said I want to just go back and touch base on on the yeah. relationships parts. Yeah, and I'm glad you did. I didn't I, want people to think that I was skipping out on not just no. Saying, I under, talking about that part of my life because I, I understand. Yeah, I wanted them to know. I want people to know. Yes, absolutely. Um, but. Well, I reckon the first first trouble that I got into was like back when I was like uh, 15, 16 years old, 15 years old. Yeah. I was 15. We I wasn't driving yet, and we'd drink a bunch of alcohol and end up uh, kicking a guy's door off the hinges because he he kept our jackets inside of his apartment. And it was like three inches of snow on the ground. Oh, we wow. were just kids. And what had happened was is I walked in and uh, my, my little cousin was passed out on his bed. She was. Mm-hmm. And he was like 19, 20. Right. I understand. Yeah, I got and, you. And yeah. There was concern. Well, no, it, it was all bad. Like. I walked in and seen some seen some stuff going you. on that should not have been going on. Yeah. So you know, like me and my brother and my other male cousin, it was about you know it was Come about on. to get all bad. It yeah, was about right, to go right, south yeah, for him. Yeah. But uh, we ended up going to the neighbors' apartments, and while we was going to the neighbors' apartments, he would this dude get scared, thinking that we're gonna call the law on him, mm. which is that's what should have happened. Right. Right. Uh, but he locks the doors and leaves mm. and then all of our jackets is in there so we ended, so you all got we your, didn't you got your jackets right we just, <laughs> we just went in and got yeah. our jackets well yeah. it ended up costing me and my cousin Roger it ended up costing us uh, 150 200 dollars a piece which back at that time like as money. We, we was, was old enough to work. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So you're going to have to pay that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and that was the first time. It wasn't no major trouble or nothing like that. But, you know, then I reckon the second, the the first big trouble that I ever 
got into, Jeremy, was like um, over trying to help a friend with a car mm. that I'd got. I'd uh, put a roof on a woman's house and she'd give me this little car for payment because after I got done putting a roof on the house, she tells me, well, I ain't got the money to pay you. Right, right. <laughs> after, after I get it done, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, uh, okay, but you can have that car there. And I was wanting to run a little car in figure eights and stuff like yeah. that. It wasn't a stolen car, nothing like right, that. It right. wasn't, you know, it was, uh, she just couldn't tag an insurance because she owed money on the car and right. she tried to get the people to come and get it and stuff. And they, they, they hadn't come and got it so she was like you want it no so i was like yeah i'll take it <laughs> well a friend of mine's transmission went out of his car and he was like uh well why don't you let me buy that from you and and uh, and and i'll just use it and i'll drive it around because it, it was a, had low miles on it and everything like, right yeah. little, you know it's a good little car i was like money it ain't got no title to it like mm-hmm. i mean it's got a title to it but it's money it's got to lean against it and stuff well long story short i ended up selling him the car for exactly what i the amount of work that i right, done right. to yeah. the woman's house was 300 350 bucks and uh he took a knife and changed the vendors ah, in the car ah. and uh they give me they give me three years for that Ooh. because i was trying to help him I didn't touch nothing. Yeah. I, I told him, even in court, I didn't do none of that because I didn't call was, the law on him. Oh, uh, yeah. It was like a, what would they it, call it, an accomplice? Complicity. Yeah. To destruction of a motor vehicle VIN number. What Now, in that, at that point in your life, where were where were you in, in like, uh, how deep were you in the addiction? Well, I, I had, uh, well, I reckon I was doing... It always fluctuated, I reckon, with me after, especially after I got over, uh, you know, through with the the cocaine and the crack and stuff. Right. Now, this is before the heroin epidemic or any of that sure. stuff. Like, it had never hit yet. Not here. Not mm-hmm. around Noyne County. But I did, I was doing pretty good. And, you know, I was working, uh, you know, my dad run a construction company and, Frankfurt trailers construction and at the age of 16 I'd quit high school and went straight to work for right. him and then by the age of 18 or 20 I was done running that company you right. know what I'm saying like I was the one taking doing it mm-hmm. and uh so you know I was making good money and living pretty decent you know uh but still I never never quit smoking pot never like, was it kind of like an off and on thing you would go you would use for a while then you wouldn't then yeah, you would right. then you wouldn't well it, it would be like I reckon the you know like I said I never did quit smoking weed so yeah. I think I think you know like I would get bored with smoking pot and then I would have to go oh, see. do something different for yeah. a little bit you know like, mm-hmm. like let's just go try this or let's just yeah. try this or you know like just different stuff, you know. Different so you had a, bad, different bad drugs. Right, right. You had, and by bad you mean harder, right, more addictive, right. way more potent. Yeah, than than marijuana. That's for sure. What, so you've had a couple of run-ins here with, you know, when you were very young. Well, when you're, you know, sixteen, fifteen, sixteen, with that door, the incident with the door, right. then the VIN number on the car. So you've had two like. Uh, 
I was, I was a full-grown uh, adult. Right, that's what I'm saying. Whenever the car deal. Like that's, I what I'm, was, yeah, that's what I mean, yes, yes. You had one incident when you were younger, then the full-grown adult with a car. That was 2005. Okay. Two, 2004, 2005 is when the, the car incident happened. Uh, then, like, and I, and I don't know how, how really that come, like, it's weird how that, that happens because, like, once, once you, you get a felony like that, then, you know, uh, and what it could be from even even from having like drug possession. Sure. Like you sure. could just have drugs on you and right. catch a felony. Right. You know. Yeah. Right. And then it's going to be hard for you to get a job. Right. Uh, people ain't going to trust you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because you you're a felon. Right. You know, like it, it. It's just it goes like, all downhill from there. Even even being in construction. Yeah. Because people are like, well, we don't want him coming to our house and working. You know, right. we don't trust him. So what happens now after you've, you know, had this incident with the with the car? Does that affect you negatively? Like, does it send you into? No, because well, the thing was is like I I, I was still working in construction for gotcha. my dad, so it, it didn't really it didn't really matter to me because it okay. never changed nothing. For well, okay, me. so things were still. But going. ain't everybody their their parent don't own a construction right company, you know, exactly. So, uh, you know, it ain't always good. Uh, but no, I just, I just kept doing what I was doing, you know, smoking weed and then like, uh, weekends I would go out and drink and mm -hmm. go party and stuff like that at different places, different bars and, you know, but I, I, mainly that's about all I did for several years is just, you know, bar hopping mm -hmm. and doing, doing that kind of bad stuff. You know. So what what happens next? What's the next big? Well, it got into. Uh, let's see. It was in uh, two thousand and two thousand one. I hate to back up like that. That's right. Uh, two thousand one. I had gotten a bad car wreck. It had hurt my back. My back had got worse. During this period of when when I got the VIN number deal, right. all, all that right. stuff going on, I had been seeing a doctor. So, uh, you know, I'm not allowed to smoke my pot no more. They've put me on paper. So we're going to go full-blown. Now that I'm not allowed to smoke my pot and stuff, I'm just going to go full-blown into the opioid addiction. Mm. Like that. And that's where that led. Like when mm. I had to give up smoking pot completely, it, it was full-blown opioid addiction gotcha. completely yeah and uh so I, I did that for a like uh 10 years oh wow 10 10 11 years and it got so bad that it took me into the heroin epidemic you know uh heroin's cheaper than pain pills uh simple right, as that right. and uh you know, but I ended up committing other felonies to where that it, it, it costed me, you know, eight years plus five more, 13 years of my life uh, in the next, from 2010 to 2012, uh, I got another 13 year sentence. Mm. 
you know what I'm saying? 13, mm-hmm. 13 years in prison. Uh, where I ended up doing half of that in prison. You know. So you spent how how many like how many years were you in? Uh, almost six. Almost six years. Yeah. Time it time it's said and done. Yeah, almost almost six six years. So just what was I mean spending that time in prison? I know, I know this is cliche, but I know you had a lot of time to think about things and you didn't oh, have yeah. it. Yeah. 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 What was, what was your thought process? Were you ready to, ready to get clean? I mean, ready to, uh, I, I know, I know while you're in prison, obviously, you know, you, you wouldn't have had access to a lot of stuff, but. Oh yeah, you do. Well, yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Like yeah. not, not, not the availability. Well, okay. You're, you maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe right. more availability. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't know, but yeah, you most yeah. definitely still get high inside there uh, on about anything you want to. So like for, for, the, for folks listening, I think a lot of people would probably think, you know, oh, well, when they go to prison, they're going to get clean because they can't use. No, that's bad wrong. Yeah. Uh, you, better, you better make sure that uh, if you're giving people money that's in prison and and they're just running through money right and left, and they're probably buying uh, drugs in there. Yeah, they ain't, they ain't buying a lot of Twinkies, right? No, it's because and it's, because it's in there. Food. It's guaranteed facts. If well, there's a will, there's a way. And us as humans, people should know that. So when you when you when you get out of prison, what happens? Then what's going on with Tony now? Well, and I get I get out, and around 2013 2014 okay. I get out and I'm on probation and stuff mm-hmm. and, uh, and I do alright for like I think about a year mm-hmm. I think it's about a little bit over a year or something like that Jeremy and, and then uh, I turn around and go back out and I start using again mm. I'm using pain pills I'm using heroin uh just using well, whatever, whatever, right? Uh, drinking alcohol and stuff, and and then uh, during during this amount of time, I, I'm fleeing and evading the probation pro office. Mm. You know, I'm on the run from them, mm-hmm. but I've never li- changed where I live. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still living in the same place that I've always lived, where probation and pros got my address. Still staying there, uh, but. I ended up getting bad sick in 2000, almost positive 2016. Okay. Uh, the end of 2015, the beginning of 2016. And in January, the beginning of January of 2016, I had finally, after 10, 11 days, I uh, told my mom I would go to the doctor. Okay. And when I went to the doctor, we went to UK Healthcare, and man, thank them people. Yeah. I think about it all the time. Uh, but um, doctors did some MRIs and stuff, and seeing that I had a valve that is uh, messed up in my heart, and it was uh, like I'd used blood. Uh, too much of my blood and it was like letting blood into my chest cavity I think is mm-hmm. what the doctor mm-hmm. said and um, 
so they had to put a new valve in but before this happened he told me he was going to send me down to get another MRI of it and that we would go in for surgery in the morning and we went down for another MRI and come back to the room then the doctor literally comes sliding into the room like I was talking to you about earlier and uh, and he's like it's even worse than what I thought he's like you've got an aneurysm on the base of your brain the size of a quarter he said and we've got to go in and fix that before we can ever even open you up to do the valve replacement. So now, up to when you tell your mother you're ready to go to the doc to the hospital because you know you're sick, you don't right. feel good, you don't right. feel right, yeah, you know something's wrong. Bad. You were still using. Oh yeah, yeah. And now you're like in rat, the- rat, like literally used rat prior to going to the hospital. Right. You know, up at my dad's house mm. in Frankfurt. Yeah. So, you know. Getting a fix before you go in to get fixed. Right, yeah. So you're in the hospital. The doctor is, he's freaking out because not only do you have this valve that has to be replaced. Right. But he he sees an aneurysm. Well, even even he's seen that too, you know, that I had an aneurysm on the base of my And then me and him got to talking and he seen the, you know, the marks. Yeah. And and he said, uh, Tony, you're an addict. And I was like, yes, sir. You know, no, I, I never lied to him. Like, I, I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I guess, it's, you know, he's... He was right, yeah. I, could, I couldn't do it. And I said, yes, sir. And he was like, all right. He said, we're going to fix you. We're going to get you. We're going to save you. And, I, and that's what he said. And I was like, all right. You know, and, and I never had a... You know, like, at this point... I literally thought that it was the end of my life. Like, mm-hmm. I thought that I was getting ready to die, that I, this was going to be the last. You know, I never got to say bye to my brother, my kids, mm. my nephews, my mom. It, so well, my mom, my mom was right there, of course. My mom was, was with in you, a chair but... right beside me, of uh, course. You know. So your story, you think, is over. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think my life... Is dead. This is this done. is where it ends it's, for it's Tony. Yeah, for Tony Trailer. This this was all bad. Aneurysm on the base of your brain. Yeah. Open heart surgery. And it was all, a rather large aneurysm at that, right? Well, I mean, the size of a quarter. That's big. That's yeah, exactly. That's, that's big. Uh, what does the doctor say to you? He, well, he says, "You're going straight in for surgery right now. Like, man, we ain't gonna wait till morning. Uh-huh. It's going right now. We're going straight in." And they went in and. He told me that they squirted black onyx glue. It went inside my groin, all the way up to the base of my brain, and punched to and squirted black onyx glue over top of the aneurysm to lock it in place. Mm. Technology's a beast. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They fix your valve. Well, two days. Or replace. Two, I mean, two days later, they. You know, after I sure healed a little bit sure. from the aneurysm. And they had to make sure everything was good with that. Oh, it was bad. Uh, mm. Pain. And they pulled that tube out. Oh. It was all bad. Uh, but, you know, uh, two days later, they I went in for open heart surgery. And they went in and they noticed that uh, from all the drug use mm. that, that uh, you know, it's, it's like 
any muscle that you work in your body, if you continuously work that muscle, it's going to get bigger, right? Sure. So, you know, all the years of doing the crack and the cocaine and everything that speeds your heart up, and gotcha. makes it race and yeah. go wide open. It's like flexing it a muscle. Give you know. me an enlarged heart. So my heart's a lot bigger than what most people's is. The average human, you know, it's way bigger. Uh, so they couldn't use a pig valve or artificial valve. They had to use a cow valve. Oh, wow. I reckon if I ever get big, I can always blame it on that, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm right. growing to my valve, man. <laughs> no, I'm joking. You I'm ever just joking. I'm not making You ever catch yourself mooing when you're... Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not making it light of the situation. I'm not joking about it. But when, what now? When when all this is, maybe not when all the surgery is said and done, but at some point the doctor gives you some advice, doesn't he? Yeah. After I come out of open heart surgery, and it had been about, I'd been there like I stayed three months in the hospital. I'm sure. Like literally, I'm three, sure three months. I had to. I had. I had give myself endocarditis mm. and like uh, hepatitis. Mm-hmm. I had to go do six weeks in uh, Good Samaritan Hospital with a pick line in my right arm mm -hmm. uh, running over to my heart so that it could kill all this stuff, you know. Sure. And I had to take medicine for the hepatitis and all that stuff to kill that. And, you know, and that's, and, that, and the, during addiction, that's what we do. Like, I'm we, sure. We're yeah. not worried about what it's going to do to us. Or, no, you're not thinking we, about that, are you? And we're not thinking about, like, you know, I'm hurting my family. Uh, you know, my kids miss their father. You know, my brother's, he's, he's just gone out there. Like, you know, mm -hmm. we're not thinking about that. We're not thinking that we're doing nothing to nobody <laughs> besides ourselves because... Well, a lot of us, that's, I can speak for myself. No, I, but I see what you're saying. That's how I was. I, I didn't think I was hurting nobody but me. Yeah. Like, I didn't think that I was hurting nobody but there, else. But there are people that care about you. Yeah. yeah. Anybody that cares about you, you're hurting them. Yeah, you're, they're broken. It's as simple as that. So when when the doctor tells you, you know, you need to... He said, you, uh, he said, Tony, he said, listen, he said, I'm going to tell you. He said, I know you're you're an addict. And he said, I'm going to tell you that now that you're you're fixed and I've got you fixed up here, he said, you go back out there and use again, you're going to die. Hmm. And and that wasn't a scare tactic. That was No, that he, was like, he wasn't trying to scare me. He, that was true. He, he was letting me know that if I went back out there and used again, I was going to die. Like, it's as simple as that. So what happens? And I quit. You quit? I just quit. Like, that's it. Like, you know, like, I can't say that I... I that I don't do nothing because, I mean, I have to say that, you know, uh, not no wire. And so I have you, uh, I go to Suboxone mm -hmm. and I take Suboxone today. Okay. I take a half of Suboxone pill a day. And that's what makes my brain tell me that I'm okay and that I can get through life normally, and you know. Without sitting without, back down that. Right, without having to have no other drugs of any yeah. sort, you know. So what happens now? I mean, uh, after after the heart and uh, the the heart uh, surgery and the and the aneurysm, you had open heart. Is that is that yeah right? right. So after open heart and the aneurysm scare, uh, well, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say aneurysm scare. After the procedure, right, to take care of the aneurysm, you, you know what I meant by that, right? Um, you you have left behind the 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 drug 
you know, abuse of the right. of the past. What about your legal troubles? Do, do you do you is everything, you know? Oh, no, see, like even the whole time that I was laying in the hospital bed, I was still a woman. Mm. They did. They can't. The police cannot find out if you're wanted by you going in the hospital. Sure, they Frankfurt Hospital. They'll they'll do that to people if they find out that they're wanted or anything. They'll call the police on. They'll do that up there. Seen it, but anyway, uh, yeah, I was wanted whenever I stayed there at the hospital for three months, and like. Well, when I got out, I come home and uh, I healed up for about another two or three months. You know, not doing no drugs or nothing, sure. just just the medication that the doctor had me right. on. And then, um, I think after about it's about four or five months, I'm pretty sure, Jeremy. Uh, I went in and had major back surgery because mm. my back had gave out on me and stuff. So I go in, I had major back surgery at St. Elizabeth, uh, no, Baptist Health mm-hmm. in Lexington. But, uh, yeah, uh, it was all bad. Uh, but now it seems like that, that didn't, that didn't help nothing. Mm. You know, as far as my back. Yeah. Goes. Well, what, where does the story go after the back surgery? Well, then I come home and I'm healing out, healing up some more, you know. Right. And all, yeah. all three of these surgeries sure. and all this time in the hospital and everything all happened within one year. Oh, wow. It all happened in 2016. All of it. And I laid up in the bed and stuff and I start getting better, start feeling better and stuff. And then... um. I'm still on the run from probation pro office. You see, they still, Department of Corrections still wants me for my time that I owe them, yeah. you know, for doing the stuff that I did right. uh, in Frankfurt. Uh, but I ended up October the 8th, a uh, police officer got me at my house and took me to jail, and I did 30 months in prison. So after... This is the second time. After six years? No, this is part of that. Oh, 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 this is part of the total six. Right, right. Okay, okay. It was several different smaller sections of time. Uh, And I say smaller, but a lot of people, two days, and then they're... Yeah, yeah, you're talking 30 months. Right, this is months. Months. So when you when you're in there for thirty months, right. you, you get out. What happens now? Well, I get out and I'm trying to do the best I can, and uh, I ended up, you know, feeling like that that it. You know, it's like uh, in addiction, like uh, when you're sitting there and you feel. You feel like you're twiddling your thumbs and there's something missing in your mm-hmm. life, you know, like yeah. there's something just wrong, like missing. And I felt that and I was like, and that, that, that's the truth. Like I, it, it just hit me like that. And I was like, oh, oh no, oh no. Like I've had enough of this. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not going back down that road no more. I'm done with that. I'm literally done with that. Right. And 
I went straight. I went straight to Frankfurt. Took myself. I drove myself and went to a suboxone clinic up there. And I was like, "Look, I need help. I'm an addict." And I said, "I do not hmm. want to go back out using again." I said, "I need help." And I've got a great little doctor that she loves me to death, and and I do exactly what I'm supposed to do, and hmm. and, and that's what I do. So. And that's when things really start to kind of clear up I guess right oh yeah well yeah most definitely like well and I don't even know like I no I don't I don't think so Jeremy I think what really cleared it up for me is when after I went to a couple of these meetings and I had her ask me about coming to church <laughs> and now this is Shanna you're talking about yeah right? well what yeah. I, what I meant Tony was when you get to when you're when you do this last stint Right. The 30 months. Right. And you're out and you say, I've got to clear up. I've got to, you know, I, I'm not going back down this road. Right. 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 And you go to the, to the, to the doctor. Right. Um, and then you started attending, you were, well, you were going to some meetings at, right, with Shannon. Right. right. Shannon was hosting yes. some recovery meetings. Right. And um, they originally started down in Gratz. In Gratz. Right. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Which we, we currently, uh, for those who are listening who may have family members or friends, we currently here at the church have a meeting on Thursday nights and a meeting on Sunday nights. Six Sunday, o'clock. Six o'clock on Thursday and Sunday. Is yep. that right? Yep. Um, and you're here? Yep. You're here? Most of the time. Most of the time for those meetings. So, yeah, sometimes I got a mess when I'm working. Sure. Oh, well, sure, yeah. But you, So you're going to this meeting in Gratz, and Shanna is or going to meetings in Gratz. And, and for those who know Shanna, they'll understand when I say she's a bulldog. Right. Shanna is. She was on me. She, she was on you about yeah. coming to church, right? She, several times, well, three or four times, and she said, you know, she wanted me to go to church with her, and I kind of always kind of like just brushed it off. <laughs> and then finally one day I told her, I was like, you know, Your persistence Shana, pays off. I said, uh, <laughs> I said, I'm just going to be truthful with you. I was like, you know, I believe in the Lord, I believe in Jesus Christ, I, you know. I said, but the thing is, is like whenever I was younger, I used to go to a church down in uh, Jonesville. Yeah. And it was a fire and brimstone preacher. <laughs> and like I was right. 10 years old, my brother was eight. And like uh, we would have to go home and lay down and take a nap because of the <laughs> yelling and screaming. And yeah. our head, little head Sensory was overload, so right? Our little heads was hurting so bad that it, uh, you know, felt like that well, it was blowing off. And another another thing, I mean, you, let's just be honest. I mean, you've got a reputation. Oh, yeah. You know, and people have opinions. Oh, yeah. And I don't know how much that affected you as far as, I'm, I know you're the kind of guy that you're, you're, I mean, you care about people, but you're not worried about what someone thinks about you, you know, uh, yeah. that much, but... Was there um was there, was there an incident that that happened here at the church that oh yeah that kind of you yeah. you've told me about this and that, that uh, happened years and years years ago. and years ago right. years and years ago right you want to tell the folks about that tell the, what we're going to do is we're going to tell the story and then what what I want to make sure people understand is is there is this this story does not end at the at, you know in prison it doesn't end in the hospital it doesn't end. Um, with right. with Tony, you know, giving up and quitting, or Tony passing away, right. there's there mm-hmm. there's there are we are in the process of watching the recovery, not only from the drug addiction, but also the way the Lord is working in Tony's life. Yes. So if you don't mind to tell the folks, is it okay to tell yeah. the story? Yeah. If you don't mind to tell the folks a story, 
Um, well, and just briefly, you know, what, what happened. What had happened was, is that, this is years ago. Yeah, this has been a long time ago. And I was sitting out here in this back parking lot here at the church. No? Maybe I was You're right here. outside the door, Tony. You were right, right outside the door here, right. man. Yeah. yeah, I was sitting right over here. And uh, a man walks up to the door of the Bronco and he's like, uh, it, you know, that happened right around 2000 and. 2011 and uh well the reason i know that because it happened before that other mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um uh-huh. and when i say this other and stuff i just don't want to i don't want you, nobody out here to think that i'm glorifying no, no. Uh, the stuff that i've done in my past or nothing like that because that is not what i'm doing no uh but the thing is is uh i've been sitting there and i was literally selling somebody else something mm. that was not good mm-hmm. and he, guy walks up to the door and he's <laughs> like look you know you you shouldn't be out here you shouldn't be sitting here on this property doing nothing and uh, and i told him i was like well who are you you know and i, I got smart with the guy and right. you know and i told him you know like uh, you know this is not your church he's like yeah this is my church and well, the, th- the thing that's funny about it is, is like, you know, at the time I, I went ahead and left, you know, because he asked me to leave. Mm-hmm. So I was mad. I, I was, I was mad. Yeah. And so I started the vehicle up and I leave and I'm going up the road and I'm cussing. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, and then 10, 15 years goes by. Right. Ten, that's right. That, that's important. 10 to 15 years after this incident where the guy right. says, this is my church, you know, and you're like, right. oh, it's your church, huh? You know, right. yeah, this is, this is my church. I walk through the front doors of the church and he sees me and he's like, he walks up to me and he said, well, he said, this is your church too now. Mm. Mm. Oh yeah. Just, you know, like instant. Uh, 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 it was like instant gratification. Like I, just a smile come over my face. Oh, I'm sure. I, I man. couldn't, you know, how did, I mean, like, like seriously, how you. does that feel to know that, that 15 years before right. this, it wasn't even 15 or, was, or however long it was yeah. this decade earlier, right? Here you are in the parking lot of guys like, man, look, right. you, you need to get out of here. Right. Well, he knew and, I was up to no good. Oh, sure. Sure. I, that, yes. Yes. Of course. Of course. Right. But when you come back, when you come through the doors of the church after the persistence of the bulldog Shanna right. and you come yeah. to church um, and it didn't catch on fire when you walk no. through the doors. But, like my brother said. Like your brother said, when you when you come in the doors of the church, this is one of the first interactions you have is this gentleman right. coming up to you and right. saying... I loved it. Yeah. I, that, I loved that, it. What did that make you... I mean, how did that make you feel about the, the church? I mean, this is not a shameless plug for the church. I'm just saying. Right. Did that... Did that sh- did, was that a how did no, it see? That was, what, just a, that was just a way of me knowing. Did it change your perception? This is my church. Yes. Did it change your perception of what you maybe expect? Maybe you were expecting something different. Well, you I, probably just didn't know what to expect. No, I didn't saying. know. I didn't know. Well, it had been. Well, I'd know, say you probably weren't expecting that though. Since I was in, we went to Sparta, and that now was like twelve. Yeah, when you were you're twelve year old. <laughs> you know, I was like thirteen maybe down there at Sparta. So, so how does now after that incident with that one individual? How did the rest of the church make you feel? I mean, did you ever feel unwel- unwelcomed or, no. or like yeah. everybody seemed like? Well, the thing is, is like my name, my name precedes itself. I know, I it know, it does. That. Yeah, it most definitely does. 
I think I might change my name. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. Uh, but no, uh, and it's, that's okay uh, today. It is okay today. Because we're on the other side of it now, right. Tony. Yes. Now you're right. telling the story about that's God's right. redemption, not just, you know, you can you, you, so you know, you right. can talk with people about your situation, your in, yeah, right. your circumstance, the things you've been through. Oh, yeah. Uh, bad mean, decisions, uh, choices I ain't got and whatnot. Nothing but good things to say about. So now, let's so, so all you, of it. So you come now. to church. You come to church on a regular. On the, well, yeah, yeah, right, but yes, you're a regular attender. Right. What, what I'm going with this is you come to church that first time, you you come back and you become regular, you know, right. a regular attendee. Not only are you a regular attendee, but we also went down to the creek one day, right? Yeah, I'm a member uh, of this church. You got, got baptized. baptized. Yeah, you got baptized. You're a member of, of, yeah. of the church here, Monterey Baptist. And, and you're able to, you know, be a part of meetings that are hosted right. here at the church. I, run the, I used to run them. Well, right, right. That's what I'm saying. You're, you're, you're a but part I of that. I pass that off now. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, yes. I did. Yeah. Well, when you, you so now, what? Where is uh, you know? I guess, I guess the the what I would say is not where is Tony now, but and you talked with me earlier, and you were saying that you you are available to help with meetings. Uh, you you can counsel with or talk with folk, counsel with them. You know, I don't right. mean counseling. You know what I mean. Right, right, right. You're able to talk with folks who are in recovery. Well, I think, it, you know, if there's a parent out there that's worried about their child or anything like that, I've done that several times, like where I'll go and sit down and talk to the person sure. and try to try to help them. I'll tell them, what, you know what, see, that's the thing about when people see me how I am today, how I was, like, they know, like, it, it if that don't show you hope, right, right. If that don't show you, you know, what our God is made of, yeah. Right, well, see, earlier in the podcast when we were talking, I had this in mind, you know, where right. we are right now. Then, and I said something about the, you know, the, that incident when when you were fifteen, sixteen years old, right, and having that brush with the law, right. There were these moments. Now, some of them, of course, were big moments right, right. for you and, 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 and with, with the law. But there were these moments when yeah. things could have... It was almost like there were these little little right. knocks on the side of the head like, right. this is only going to get worse from here if you right. continue down this road. Several times. Several times. Several times. And you think about the things that in your life, uh, you know, the stories that we've discussed or the, the, the situations we've discussed here... You know, and of course, there's a thousand other things, times that things could have went really bad. What if you'd gotten a hold of something that was laced with something or something right, bad had right, happened? Right. What if you'd overdosed? What if this is ha- had happened? And right. What the other, other you know, diseases and things that can be, you know, uh, tran- transmitted yeah, like or contracted, I mean. Correct. There are, there are all these other things, these things that could have happened. But there were these, almost like these markers in your life where things took a turn. And... To some folks, when they see someone in, in, in who's going through addiction, they look at these moments and they say, well, look at them there. Oh, yeah, here we go. Look, they got right. themselves in trouble now. Right. And each one of those moments becomes almost like another stone on top of the grave. You know? Right, right. Like they, they look yes. look worse upon you and worse upon These right. people look, look at you differently. When, when in reality... In reality, and I, and I mean this, a lot of times those situations that you found yourself in, while you well, you did it, you know, oh, you did yeah. it, you right. did it, you just yeah. you take full responsibility for everything. 
you're literally, yeah. <laughs> literally and figuratively, you're taking responsibility I, I for them. But those those moments, in those moments, the Lord was bringing you around through your difficult lessons you right. had to learn to the place where you are now, where you're in a position that you can look back and say to that young man, you know, son, I know where you're headed. Right. Because I've been there. And what better of a person to tell you know, somebody, anything like that is somebody that's been there and did that. Tony, some of the best advice I ever, it was a, it was a, a quote that someone uh, told me um, or someone made that I've never forgotten to this day. It's, it's, it's like one of those, those life right. quotes, you know, right. a man with a theory is always at the mercy of a man with an experience. Right. You can tell people what you think all right. day long. Right. But when you tell your story, they don't hear it, they feel it. Right. Because you're not talking about what you think, your theories. You're telling people where you've been, what you've been through, what God has brought you through. Yes, but also you're able to tell them about, I know the pain of regret. I know the heartache of having to deal with the consequences of my actions. I know. Right. Son... Girl, I, I, I know where you're right. headed. And as difficult as it might be for people to wrap their heads around this concept, because, you know, I've got a past. I've, I've you right. know, I've got, I have a story too. Not, not, we not, all do. We all, we, that's where I'm going. We yeah, we all do. do. Some it, of us just acknowledge we, it. Yeah, some, some, some will tell it, some will hide it. Right, that's uh, exactly right. But our story, our story is not our story. It's his story. It's, it's what yeah. God has done in our That's lives. Exactly. When you were telling me earlier about the, the condition that you had with your heart, you, yeah. you had the enlarged heart, you had to have the, the, the cow valve right. because the, the pig valve would not, wouldn't right. work. And then the, the deal with the aneurysm, it, it, it brought something to my, to my mind, and I wanted to read that, uh, if you don't mind, no, uh, no, read that, and then we'll, um, we'll move on. But there's a verse of, uh, in Ezekiel chapter 36. It's Ezekiel 36, uh, verse 26. It says, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony or the hard heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, meaning a heart that is soft or one that is, is, is new or pliable. And it made me think when you were telling the story about the doctor coming in and doing the, the open heart surgery, um, in that moment, when when this when this transpires, you are at a place where you say, "Mama, let's go. I'm right. I, I'm done. I'm I'm sick. I know something's wrong." And then you go into here, and this doctor tells you, "I'm going to do this surgery." But Tony, if you go back and you use, it's it's lights out, man. You know right. your heart cannot take it. So it kind of made me think, and 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 you you know you can, you know do do with this what you please, but it just kind of made me think about that verse that you literally. I know you still got an enlarged heart, and I know you've right. got got the you know the the issue there, but you were able to have a n- both, yeah, both of those, both of those said. things. They were able to fix to to to, to fix your heart, if you know what I mean. But I know it right. to to where you're able to keep Which living, and not only are you keeping are you able to continue living, but you're living a new life now, right. and. I know that, that you'll always be Tony Trailer and there will always be, you know, the the what Tony Trailer has done. Right. But that's not the end of the story. 
God's given you a new heart, right. a new spirit. You're not the same person you used to be. And I know that's going to be really hard for some people to, to handle is, you know, someone who's lived a life like now, Tony, a your life disruption. is, well, yes. I mean, there are people who've lived, you know, done worse things in, in terms sure. of legal standing and whatever, right, you right. know what I mean? Or, or moral standards. But the bottom line is the life that you once were living, you're not living anymore. No. And the way that people may, right, the way people may have known you before, it's not who you are now. You have a new name. Right. You're a new creature. Now, you've been born again, not of water, you know, but of, of the Spirit. And you, you have a, a new story right. that you're living out. Well, not a new, I shouldn't say a new story. It's a, a new chapter to the story. Right. It doesn't end with addiction. It doesn't end with the, the heart, issues. yeah, the health right. issues, the heart issues. Now you have, just like Ezekiel says, I've given you a new heart. God says, I've given you a new heart, and I've put a new spirit within you. And I'll take away the hard heart. And then when I say the hard heart, you know okay, what yeah. I'm, yeah, that okay, rough yeah. and tough. And I, you know, I'm, yeah, right. I ain't taking, I'm, right. I'm going to fight. That's and now right. you have a heart that you want to help. You want to heal others. Right. You want to see others that's find why, that's what why you become, um That's why I wanted to become a peer support specialist. And so that I could help people in this county. But I was, you know, like I, I wanted to get a job doing that. Right, right. Because you, know, you want to help people to find what you found. Well, this is the county that I did the most damage in. <laughs> I and, can respect and, that. And, you know, this is the county that I did the most wrong in. And and I love this county today. I love yeah. this county. And I want to do every, anything that I could possibly do to try to make it better. That's what I want to do. Today, so with with what life you have lived, no one I, knows how long I, we have. No, the doctor can tell you you're not going to live a week, and you can live 25 more years. That's exactly right. Or, never or you can think you're going to live forever. Choice. That's that's his. That's right. That's up to him. But with the time you have left, you want to do as much damage to the devil's kingdom and the things that's that the devil exactly is doing in the right. community. You want to see as many people get free as they can possibly get free. That's right. Uh, you want to see as many people uh, get clean as can get clean. You want to see the Lord do things in people's lives like he's done right. in your life. Is just, there any... I've just gotten to that point to where that I did it. Huh. You know what I'm saying? That I want to start doing that like, you know, like with the other younger gentlemen that yeah. just brought to church with me and stuff. Like, I, I want to see... I want to see that. Like, mm-hmm. how she gets to sit and watch... Yeah, that's right. Me. That, that's exactly right, yeah. And smile. I want to be the same way. I right. want to... I want to sit and watch and smile. You want to do good. Right. That's and be I'm able saying. to see that. That's it. Do you feel, do you, Tony Trailer, feel that the Lord has given you an opportunity? Not just an opportunity to do that, but that also the Lord has, has been able to give you, and I'm going to use the word confidence. I, I don't mean that in an air, like an arrogant sense, but right. to give you the confidence to be able to get up in the morning and say, I know that this is who I once was, right. and I'm going to tell the story, and I'm going to be honest, you know, and and and, and, and sure. Me about it. But do you do you believe down deep down in this new new heart of yours? Do you believe that God is able to take what was a horrible, awful story and turn things around for you? That all of us. Has different lice, and that's because, in my, just my opinion, 
I think that he lets us lead, live that life, and then, like, like bro, right now, mm. he, he uses that for his glory. Now, that's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's it, right. it's going to be me talking to people about, you know, this is, hey, look, like if people that know me know they've seen me, mm-hmm. like at the worst of the worst, you know. Yeah. So when they see me today, they're like, you know, just like Brad. You know. Yeah. Like, so it's, it's almost it's almost as if like just you being here yeah. and people just not even hearing right. you talk and tell the tell right. your story. Just people that know the story of who you were and they see now the peace you have and right. the the calm that you have and 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 the the life that you're you're living now. It's it's it, it speaks for itself. I mean, right. but you're I'm, I know I know you're certainly not shy to talk, to tell somebody. Yeah about what what god has done but do you now this is this is you'd almost think i'm asking a rhetorical question here because it's such an obvious answer but but humor me do you do you (laughs) do you believe that god's capable of doing that for other people who are in the same same or a worse position than you are in if if people knows me then they know that he can do it for me if he can do it for me he can do it for them guaranteed like yeah about, uh, I'd hate to think that there was many any worse. Yeah. That many people out there was any worse than me. When we go back to the beginning of the conversation here, I had made reference to the strength of your mom and her not giving up on you. I I want to before we close out. Okay. I want to I want to just kind of go back to that for just a second. I know there are a lot of people that have very strong opinions about those drug addicts. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. A lot of that is ignorance. When, it's all the, good until it's their kid. Okay. You know, see, <laughs> you know, ignorance and stupidity are two different things. Ignorance right. is not knowing. Stupidity right. is knowing and doing it anyway. Right. Right. There, are, there is a lot of ignorance now. While you think people are being stupid, and you know, they're they're really probably being more idiotic, ignorant. Right. Because I don't mean to be ugly when I say this, but what you said is very true. It's easy to throw stones at the one who you know right. but are right. not connected right. to. Right. But when it's your child right. or it's your spouse or it's your brother or sister, then it's a, it's a whole other ball game when it, when it becomes personal. So there are a lot of people who have very strong opinions right. about those drug addicts. Yes. Now... Granted, for the record, when you do illegal things or you do things where you're taking risks that could endanger the lives of other people, that's really not a good. That's very. That's that's, that's bad. bad. Yes. That's bad. And I believe 100 percent, and I and I'm I'm confident you'll agree with me that when someone is breaking the law, they should be held accountable that's for right. for what they're doing, because sometimes being held accountable they might be a be. blessing in disguise. Sooner you, or later. Well, sure, will. sooner or later they will be. Yes. They will. And it's better to have it happen here in this life than than, than later. Right. Well, when when it comes to that ideology, though, of people who have a real, you know, they just, I can't stand them drug addicts. I understand frustration. Um, you know, you and I have talked before. Um, I don't I've, like that by me. Oh, I know that. I know you don't. But, like, when I go for a walk. Right. Uh, out here, and I see needles laying on the side of the road that right. someone flung out, flung out the yeah. window. 
Um, you know, and you think, goodness gracious, what if what if a child walked by and right. picked it up or stepped on or a dog's walking by and steps on? You 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 think, you know, you get frustrated, you get angry. But what would you say what would you say to those people who are frustrated, angry um, about the drug problem and what, what they believe it's doing or what it is doing to the community. But I mean, in their minds, they, you know, they, they see it as the, the great scourge. Um, um, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm saying though, that it, that they're so frustrated. This, all these drug addicts, they're causing right. all these problems. And, well, then they need to get off their butt and do something. Okay. Right. And what is the greatest thing that someone can do back to your mother? When you, when, when addiction visits your home, right? What is the best advice that you could give them? I'm, I, this is this. I'm being, I am being rhetorical here. Tough love, tough love. That's it. But but the, but tough love. Right. That means I'm not going to give you no money. I will feed you. I will okay. clothe you. I will bathe you. I'll make sure you, you have your your. You're going to get everything that you need to have, but not everything that you want to have. It's, and at the same time, you know, tough love, we often say it's one word. It's actually two words that work together. Right. Yes. And you're tough, but you love. I'm never going to give up believing that God can turn this around for you. No matter how dark it gets, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how frustrating it gets, exactly right. no matter how much I want to give up, um, it might cost you, you a lot. It might physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, it might cost you a lot. But do you believe that your mother... Would, would say that whatever toll it took on her as you went through the, the process. And, and she stayed with you. She, she never, you know, I mean, she was tough, but she loved you. Almost definitely. Do you think that for her, seeing you today is worth it? I don't know. I wish I could, I could just call her. I'd show you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just scared what else she'd yeah, say yeah. on, on the radio. Yeah, don't, don't, get, don't get Ruth but, on the phone right now. Right. But, but no, yes. Yeah. Uh, she, man, like, well, she's just very grateful. Hmm. I'll say that. Are you? No, oh, I'm most definitely grateful. I don't think I, yeah. It's not a guy I think him every day. Yeah, like, sure. multiple times a day. Like, first thing, just when I wake up. That's <laughs> from, and I think that's what we're supposed to do. That's what I it think. is. From what I heard you say a minute ago, or just, just a little bit ago, one of the best ways that you can show your gratitude and your appreciation to the Lord for what He's done in your life is to try to do all you can to help someone who's in that position that you're in. To, I do that daily. I know you do. That's what I'm saying. That, that's 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 like the, the greatest form of, of of gratitude that you can show to the Lord is, Lord, if if you can do this for me, then I know you can do it for right whoever whoever right. And the Bible says that whosoever will, whosoever believeth on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's exactly right. Do you? Do I, got, you? I got to. Do, I got to. Like, huh. I got it. I got to try to help whoever I got to help. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's just what I do. Tony, do you have a new life today? I do. <laughs> and I'm grateful for it. I'm just, I'm just, I don't, like, literally, I can remember back, I can remember back times that, and I, I don't even like talking about it much. Sure. But I can remember back 
several different times where I literally was ready to just you had to kill yourself like end it like, I understand done, done. Yeah. and it always seemed out that something would happen mm. to keep me from doing something sure. like that you know what I'm saying I do I, when and I don't know like uh, like I'm talking with family members dying uh, you know like different stuff yeah it's things that would, would happen and it tell me like no you can't do this you can't do this is your story's not over yet Right. It wasn't no. over when no. you you said something earlier, and um, and then we'll we'll wrap up here. But you said something earlier that you you know th- there was like this this void, this emptiness. You said right. you know you would you would you'd be sitting there and you're thinking twiddling you're, your twiddling, twiddling your thumbs, and that void that emptiness would oftentimes be filled by you yeah. know the it by makes using. You want to go back out there and use drugs. It, that's what it is. Exactly. And now there's a purpose. Well, it says, it says that anytime that you take something negative out of your life, mm-hmm. you've got to put something positive mm-hmm. back in that place. Yeah. Because if you don't <laughs> put something positive back in that place, <laughs> then that, that negative thing that, <laughs> was there will come back sevenfold. That's exactly right. He comes back with seven of his seven, brothers or sisters seven. in you. So, hey, listen, I, I know how I was and I couldn't even picture wanting seven times. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. One was yeah. like seven times, right? So I, I, <laughs> me, I try to keep church and I try to keep, I keep my meetings and, and I try helping people and doing that kind of stuff. And you got your as, family. As often as I yeah. can. Like that's, oh, I, yeah, I talk to them every day, sure. you know, uh, well, to my brother and my mother. That's what, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, and, yeah. I want to read this again. Um, and there's a couple more verses on, onto it I'll add and then we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll close out. A new heart also will I give you. Right? That void. Yeah. It's been replaced with an old to the new. A new heart. You have a new passion now. And a new spirit I'll put within you. I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh. I'll give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. And you shall be my people. And I will be your God. Do you, Tony Trailer, feel that the Lord has done that for you? I know he has. Absolutely he has. I know he has. It ain't no even question. Now I know that that you won't. Um, now, folks listening to the podcast, or I've, I've had are, I've had some things happen to me since I've become you know like going to church and mm-hmm. stuff, and it, and it just it speaks for itself, like you know. Well, the, the folks listening to the podcast, obviously, they can't talk to us during the podcast. Right. Um, but I know that, that, that folks here in the church, um, I'm sure I'm, I'm confident that they're very encouraging to you, towards you and such, uh, yeah. uh, and, and, and everything. But I, I want you to know, um, and I'm sure that those listening to the podcast would be, uh, more than happy, uh, to, to join us in doing so. But I want you to know that we're praying for you that you. not, not just for, you know, um, continued, you know, blessing and ability to be able to help other people and do for them. That's what I want to do. Uh, sure. But also for the Lord to restore the things that you've lost 
the connections, the relationships, the things that, um, that. what's that? I said it'll happen. It'll happen. Yes, that's what we're that's what 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 we're praying for. I believe that. I believe, I believe there's more for you, Tony. I think there's more for you uh, that the Lord is going to do. There are things that He's He's working out in your life, and there are things that He's going to um, uh, complete. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah. And there will be restoration um, in in a lot of those situations, uh, circumstances, and areas uh, where you lost um, so much due to um, your addiction and the consequences of of that addiction. Is there anything you'd like to say to the people listening today before we close out? Uh, go to church. Go to church. I, I think <laughs> that's, that's about a, all. I can yeah, say. yeah, I think that's a pretty good. Because See, and the reason I said bit that, of advice. the reason I said that, Jeremy, is because, see, here's the thing. Like, when you're trying to get clean and you're trying to do right, and I just explained this to another person the other day. Like, what better way is to heaven you really come to realize that yeah. there is somebody else watching you besides just you? Mm-hmm. Like, there is somebody that knows everything about what you're doing yeah. besides just you. Yeah. And, you know, like... So that's that's why I say that. Like, yeah. church, it'll make you think about that other person watching you. That, that, that's you know. exactly right. The 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 you know the the, the connection. Yeah, yes, the connection with the Lord, and also um, I hope that, that you would agree with this that that having a church family Most is definitely. is not just an incredible blessing; it's a necessity for the for the believer. Yes. And what I'm very grateful for is that you have a church family. Yes. That embraces you and does not judge you because of your past they're not going to keep you on the outskirts they've welcomed you in that's the um, first thing i told you like, ain't nobody gonna be judging you down here <laughs> yes. no no that that's that's definitely one thing i'm very proud of here at, at, at monterey baptist i'm grateful for the church being that way i am too well tony we're going to close out let the folks um uh, we want to let the folks know we appreciate them listening in today. Yes. Um, if you guys uh, feel free to, to share share this, Tony's fine with you sharing the you podcast. Any questions you need, um, yeah, need to answer. Yeah, if you have any Man. questions, reach out to Tony. If you have someone that's you know of someone going through uh, addiction, um, you know, listen to Tony to Tony's uh, counsel and 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 get them in recovery somewhere. Right. Um, reach out to somebody. Uh, don't don't hesitate. Don't if you if you think your child is yeah. going through something or, or is in, in the process of, of going down that road. Um, don't don't wait. Don't don't no. linger. Do something. Stop it now. And I know that Tony is more than willing to. He's available if you want to reach out to him. You have any questions? Right. Uh, or need need some uh, you know some Be some more knowledge. To go wherever and talk to whoever. That's right. That's right. Well. I want to thank everybody for listening into our podcast today. Again, thank you, Tony, for you. for coming on. I hope you I hope you uh, hope you come back, and, oh, yeah. and we all uh, we all look forward to to where your story goes from here. You Do know, a six month checkup. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. That sounds <laughs> okay. good. All right, everybody, be sure and uh, like, subscribe, and follow our our podcast online. Again, thanks for listening. You guys have a great one.